0: And welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast, your chance to spend some time together this summer as we deepen our walk with God and to take your travel companion of great podcast on the road and enjoy while you share with your friends. EWTNradio.net, of course, is where you can find it. I am Ace McKay, your host, as this week we're going to jumpstart with the messy family, because while the message of our culture is not only that strong resume, evidence of your worth, and your education to back it up, That just simply does not apply when we talk about motherhood. So this week, they've got a brand new book called Everyday Heroism from Christine Hannes. And she's going to give us more into the reality that the hand that rocks the cradle does rule the world. And we'll examine that a little more with the Messy Family Podcast on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. We have a very
1: special episode today. Um, because it's just us, yeah, and we're going to talk about moms. We kicked Mm -hmm. Mike out of the studio. Yeah, we We could sit here for hours and hours. (laughs) Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. And it's like you know what? Let's just you know have him. We just use him for his technical advice, and then just say okay, get out now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But anyway, but thank you for coming in. Thank you to meet with us to meet with me and just to talk to moms, especially young moms. Yeah, right. So first, before we get into all of that, um, we know each other from franciscan university mm-hmm. were you in trinity In I trinity was, Dar- yeah. okay Ground so right mm-hmm. and you were in household was agape uh, agape of yes. course yes. of course yes <laughs> so at franciscan university they have households which are kind of like sororities and fraternities mm-hmm. but faith-based mm-hmm. and so i was in one on one floor in little flowers mm-hmm. and then christine was
2: yes and i actually knew, knew your older sister regina before yes, you and yeah. we actually talked before i joined agape we had talked a little bit about A a different household, like either starting a different household. I just remember meeting, meeting with her, like one-on-one and we were like, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, she's a dynamic person. She is. is. And
1: actually, you know what she does, um, Writing for us for our ministry. Yes, for, I knew that because yeah, I, I Google you, fun.
2: I read about you. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So we're just like amassing like our family members, you know, to, yeah, work, yeah. to work with us. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she is so dynamic. And anyway, so we've known each other for a long time. And, yes, and I'm trying to think. I think I knew Pat, your husband, mm-hmm. from education that's classes right. because that's we were right. in education classes together, yeah. and he is a Teacher, principal, yes,
2: right. He he is now. Yes, he was a, a, a teacher and then a principal. And he he tells stories about Alicia playing the guitar and singing <laughs> with the kids. And, oh and then God. you sang at our wedding. Oh my! Remember gosh, that? I don't even. I knew that. you were <laughs> going to forget that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where was your wedding? At, at the chapel. Okay. So campus. that's, yes. And, and they even dragged Martin in yes. to do a song. <laughs> so, you know, it was all in the family. Yes, so, yeah.
1: exactly. Well, see, these are the funnest kind of interviews for me to do, just to be with old friends. Yes. And the one thing that I fi- find so encouraging is looking back over my life and seeing all of the ways that God has blessed me with relationships. Mm. It's such wonderful people. Yeah. And we have been. In the past thirty years okay, you or got whatever, me tearing up on awesome. the first <laughs>
2: few minutes.
1: It's so true. It couldn't be a woman podcast without crying. <laughs> that's right. I that's right. I'm <laughs> <through> the during <podcast. laughs> too. But really, just thinking about the past—you know, thirty years or whatever—that it's been since we've been out of college, and just to recognize all of us walking this path to heaven.
2: I know. And thinking and thinking I'm doing my thing here, but I know Alicia and Mike are doing their thing there. And we haven't talked to them a lot just once in a while over the years, but they're doing their thing. And you know, it's just, it's so encouraging. I have thought that too, with um, just
1: meeting other alums from Franciscan who I haven't seen in years and just knowing that they're fighting the good fight wherever they are with their kids, whatever their situation is. And it's just, this is the body of Christ. Yes. It's the body of Christ. Yeah. It's really real. It like is. Jesus is real. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. And you do your little tiny piece and I'll do my little, we exactly. don't have to worry about saving the world. Jesus has that covered. There you, know? you go. <laughs> <laughs> we just do our own little thing in our own little space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he uses all of
1: that. And it's just, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I think it's because it's, it resonates with my spirit. The truth that the body of Christ has many parts,
2: yeah. you know, and that we all can't be the hand or the eye or the that's foot right. or the, whatever,
1: the heart. Yeah. You know?
2: And but, yeah. And that's really important too when it comes to um motherhood and just being a woman is to realize that you don't you don't have to measure up, you know, I don't have to be Alicia Hernan. I can I can just be Christine Hannes and that's, that's good right. enough. You know, and that takes sometimes that takes some years to realize. Right. You know. So and I think that that is honestly
1: such a struggle with so many women today um, because the life of a mother, especially when your children are little, mm-hmm. is so hidden. Mm-hmm. It is so hidden, but it is so, oh my gosh, it's absolutely yeah. essential. Yeah, And there is such a temptation because especially with social media, and just the internet in general, that's not right. even just social media, that's but just right. anything. That's
2: right. And to, to say, oh, that person's doing these great things. That's what I should be doing. Yeah. You know, well, look and what a difference they're making. Uh, what am I even doing here? I can't even get my act together. You know, it's 12 o'clock noon and I haven't done anything, you know, exactly. except kept people out of the emergency room. <laughs> <I'm
1: sorry. laughs> and sometimes not even that. <laughs> I going to say, and sometimes not even that, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I think that's such... I mean, it's a struggle. I mean, maybe men struggle with that, but we're going to put that aside for a minute. Yeah. That could be for another right, podcast, right, you know? Right. But right now, and just talking about the life specifically of the mother of young children. Right. Not even a young mother, because sometimes there's old moms That's who right. have young That's children, right. That's you know? Right. Like, yeah. I have a friend of mine who got married late in life. She got married probably when she was 35, between 35 and 40 Boom, 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 she has four kids. Yeah. And she's and like,
2: I imagine sometimes it may even be difficult for them, more difficult for them because yes. they have had sort of a normal, well-run life. Whereas we kind of plunged in, We're 22 years old, right. let's have a baby, you know. So <laughs> exactly. Ignorance is bliss sometimes, yeah, exactly. you know. You get married young, you have babies
1: young. You're yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, anything you just else. went
2: from raising your younger sibling, right? To to <laughs> totally, all, yeah. you know, now your oldest child. So Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Why again? Yeah, I just let's talk about that for a second. Just about Why is that so hard? You know, why is that life of that young mother and that danger of comparison? Why do you think that that's so hard specifically today, Mm -hmm. specifically in this in
2: this age? No, I think I think you hit on it when you when you spoke about, um, you know, social media or just, you know, really so much exposure to so many different people doing so many different things. And you're trying to figure out, you know, you're still trying to figure out who you are in the world and where Mm -hmm. you fit in and how you can make a difference. For me, when I was young, I really was very passionate about making a difference, especially in, um, you know, evangelizing. I love the Mm. Lord. I could see that I could see that he was the answer to everybody's problems. And I I got a four year degree. I started teaching English. Then I had already gotten married um, and uh we Start, both got married very young. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, halfway through college. I mean, halfway through my senior year in college, right, actually. Right. And, and then had a baby within about a year. Um, mm-hmm. at, well, I got pregnant within a year and then um, started being a stay-at-home mom. And all of a sudden, I, I, I wanted to be a mom. I prepared to be a mom. Yes. I, I was passionate about being a mom. Yes. But all of a sudden, I was at home with a little baby and my husband would go off and do and teach, which is what I wanted to do. And I could, where I was living, I could literally see him go off to school and I could see the kids go back and forth between the school buildings during the day. Mm. And I was like, I-, I could do that, you know? And, and in the meantime, I had one very well behaved little baby. And so mm-hmm. I was kind of, you know, I was just reading a lot and, um, I wasn't even a very good housekeeper because I would just be like, <laughs> I guess I'll just sit here and read. Cause that's what I really want to do. Um, <laughs> but God, there, his there's wisdom, a point
1: in that actually
2: <laughs> God in his wisdom gave me, um, uh, I got pregnant again with him four months after Patrick was born, which was oh a my. huge surprise. Oh wow. But it was good for me because yes. I was kind of slumping. God is in all things. Yeah. So, um, God was like, you know what, this is too easy for you or yeah. you, you got to give her another kid. Yeah. Uh, and, and then maybe she'll clean her house, you know, <laughs> like, okay, I'm awake now. Right. I've got two kids. I'll clean my house at least a little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, but, um, but I, I did, I, I struggled and, um, and that's why I started like journaling and writing about these things and thinking about these things about mm. what it means to be why, being mom. curious
1: about those feelings. Yeah that yeah. you're having. What's, and thinking and
2: here's a little story too. When when I had Patrick, um you know, you go through labor for the first time and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm like an Amazon woman. I'm just yes. I'm <laughs> so I I got through it. This is great. I you're just so like you have so much adrenaline and I'm yes. leaving the hospital with my newborn baby and all I could think was I want to come back to the hospital and like tell all these women that they can do it. And just encourage them and be like, oh yeah, it's so hard, but just hang in there. You're going to have a baby soon. So, I mean, I was literally in the, in the elevator with my baby thinking, I want to come back and talk to the, to the women here. So, so that has always been a passion of mine just to, um, encourage. I was going to say, it sounds like you're just an encourager. That's like, I can't stop. Like I, you know, you see people on planes, you're like, oh, you're doing such a great job. And they're like, why are you? (laughs) But, um, it's it's definitely something that, that, um, I've always had inside of me to encourage Mm -hmm. other women. And, um, and yet when I was at, was at home with my kids and stuff, and I had all this passion that didn't really have any place to go. And so then I started thinking about how important it was, this hidden life, this little way. Mm. Um, and as I learned a little bit about St. Therese of Lisieux, I realized that, um, you know, to be holy, you just don't have to really do anything except the mm. next step, God's will for you. Yes. And, and I wanted to be holy. I wanted to make a difference. Um, and then you look at, this has really been striking me lately a lot. You look at the life of Christ. The second, or the, what? <laughs> he's the second person of the Trinity. Uh, <laughs> he's God made man. Yeah. And yet for 33 years, or for 30 years, he had such a hidden life. What was yeah. he doing? Yeah. And I've been meditating. I've been trying to think about that a a lot.
1: Just like the young mother. Yeah. She may say, I am 30 years old. I haven't, you know, I'm not doing anything great. That's right. But that's what Jesus did. Or we don't even know
2: what he did. Right. Or you could do it like for, I've been thinking about this. I've been doing the motherhood thing. I've been pretty much a stay at home mom. And then I was a homeschooling mom. So I, I did try to break out and do some different things, but but I never really had opportunities that I see other women mm-hmm. of having like a little bit of part time work that really fits with their vocation as a mom. I I wanted to do something different and I did do writing, you know, um, mm-hmm. but but it was really I never earned a paycheck. Um, mm-hmm. I never earned a, an extra degree. Um, so I was just kind of really uh, wondering what the next step would be for me once my kids were all grown. I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't even have anything to put on a resume. Mm-hmm. And so those those were concerns of mine. Um, but, um, but when I got to, when I got to this point, I realized it's been 30 years, you know, that I have b- been hidden and that I've been in the home and mm. dealing with a lot of things that don't seem important. And then all of a sudden my family, cause I've, I have five children, it just exploded. And within two and a half years, we went, I, I can't even remember the numbers now, but we, we more than doubled in two and a half years because my four of my kids, my four oldest kids all got married in to, two years, two and a half years. Oh my goodness. Two amazing girls. Praise and, the Lord. Oh, yes. You have all boys, the oldest four are boys. Okay. So they all got married and so you have five and, new daughters. And the two oldest weren't even dating anybody. So they're like in their mid twenties, <laughs> late tw- go. Well, a little over 25. They found the right person. That was like, boom. Yeah. And, and yeah. so they hadn't dated anyone. They got married and, um, and then the other two got married shortly thereafter. And now we have three grandchildren, two on the way, Oh my a, goodness. a couple little ones in yes. heaven, you know, miscarriages. So, yeah. um, it's like all this fruit came all at once. It was just, wow. you know, and, and that 30 years of preparation yes. that I had of, of being a stay at home mom, a homeschooling mom. And then all of a sudden everything exploded and, and they're all serving the Lord. They all love the Lord. And that isn't always necessarily the case. Even as faithful parents, you know, you can sure. do the best job you can. That's right. They won't necessarily all be following the Lord, yeah. but mine actually are all yeah. doing that. So, so I can see the fruit so clearly. You know that.
1: And I think that that's the thing is to recognize, and this is what is so hard, because it's such the long game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, especially when when children are young, I think we really underestimate the um, power of their formation in those first six years in those first 10 years. And that what you were doing, what, what moms are doing is that they're not staying at home just for the sake of staying at home. You know, you're not a recluse, you know, like you're staying at home for this very essential purpose Mm -hmm. and that you're building up, you're building, you're forming, you are, there's no more efficient or even economical way to form a person, yes, than within the family, yes. And so, and so you're building all of this up mm-hmm. for all of this time, and then, like you said, then all of a sudden, boom! All of a sudden, it flowers. We yeah. were talking about asparagus. We were talking. We were outside, and we were when Christine pulled out, I'm yeah. looking at my garden, and I was, I have all these strawberry plants, and I was like, oh, last year I planted them, and then like, you know, I had to take off all the all of the flowers. So they wouldn't bloom the first year. Right. But then, and then she mentioned aspar- asparagus. how long does asparagus is take way. to, is um, it a year, more than a year? A,
2: a year, two, well, you do nothing. Two, and then the next year, maybe right. you can pick a few, I believe. Right, um, I'm right. not an expert, but I did, I did get a bunch of asparagus. So I guess I did something right.
1: Like- <laughs> but I was like, I don't think I'm that patient, you know, yeah. to wait, but it's really kind of like that. Like, in, Absolutely. In, but it's not just one or two years, obviously it's many years, Yes. but you just kind of have to believe, you know, and like, this
2: is, it just feels it, like a waste to pull all it these is, flowers an off, act of faith, you know? and I've been thinking it about is. that for, for young people, even to have children, it, you know, there's fears so involved, true. but yes. you, you have a baby and that is a huge act of faith. You're saying to the Lord, I believe, I believe in you. I believe you can, you can, um, protect us. You're, you're in our future as well as our present. And we're going to, you know, we're going to engage upon this adventure with you, even yeah. if we're, you know, a little nervous because of maybe the way things in the world are going and, and it's maybe not as hospitable More to the way that we were raised that, you know, people look right.
1: at themselves and they're like, I had such an awful family life or I was raised in this way. And I'm just so afraid That's right. of making, yeah. what would you say to those moms? Because I mean, that's the situation we run across a lot of couples who maybe they had a conversion in college, you know, yeah. they just came to know the Lord as an adult mm-hmm. or even as a teenager, mm-hmm. like God just kind of like took them out of their dysfunctional family and just said, I choose you, you know, (laughs) absolutely brought them to faith. And they, and then, then the rubber hits the road when they get married and have children. And they're like, I don't have anything to fall back on because Mm -hmm. I wasn't raised Mm -hmm. in a
2: healthy functional family. And I'm afraid. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the business that the Lord is in, you know, the business of taking the, the sin and the negative you know, what, what Satan intends for, for evil, God yes. will use for good. Yes. So, Amen. um, so mm-hmm. we have this past, we have something, you know, negative that's happened to us, or even we just feel, um, unequipped to be a good mom. Yes. And, um, God uses that in a special way. And I actually have a little chapter towards the, the end of this book about, um, the not ideal family, because mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is about my family. So it's not ideal in the sense that, right. Um, I, I always remember, I have so many thoughts going through my head, but I always remember um, hearing, it, it's a little more common now to hear that family life is messy, but I literally remember the moment I first heard that family life is messy. I was in like this catechism class of some sort, hmm. probably 10 years ago. And, and um, the man who was speaking, he actually um, works for the Catechetical Institute now, Bill Kymig. Oh yeah. He sure. was teaching the class and he was like, you know, he said something about family life being messy. And i And it like hit me. It was more than 10 years ago. I was like, wait a minute. Like all this I've been struggling with as a mom, like the fact that every day my family life is tanking and every day I'm crying at some point or another, because that's my kids were all born close together. So I had like really major chaos with four boys and a girl for a number of years. And every day I would cry for a period of time. Um, It would just happen every day. It was just a given. Yeah. And, and I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to, because I was trying to be in control of everything and just take the reins. Mm. And if I'm a good disciplinarian, if I'm really organized and if I know how to do this and that, and if I, you know, but, but I realized that, okay, it was just a light bulb that went on. I knew that I really felt like, okay, it's okay not to be perfect. And that's what it's like for you know anybody who comes uh, to be a mother. There are some people who may feel like they've got it under control. They have such a good upbringing themselves that you know, we all run into the fact that this is really hard and that even if we kind of know what we're doing, we could have children that are actually very difficult and we don't know what to do with that particular personality. (laughs) And, um, and that's really the foundation for the little way. It's like, it's about humility. It's really discovering that we don't have all the answers. You know, we, we're going to struggle. We're going to have difficult times. I know I went through a period of, um, like a 10 year, almost period of depression which I still look back on and go, how did I I get through that? Not only how did I get through that, but how did my kids get through that? Like, like, did did it hurt them? You know, was I attentive enough to them? I was all about inside my own. Yeah, Yeah. right. So no matter, um, I think no matter what you come into parenting with, if you just stay close to the Lord, have that intimate daily conversation with the Lord, reach out to him. We, We all have to realize that we don't have all the answers that we need. We need the Lord. He's our savior and he's yeah. going to help us to do this.
1: You know? you know what? One of the things I love about your book, and this is why I want moms to get this book and read it, mm-hmm. is that when you tell the stories, it's not like, and then I did this and everything was great. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you say, here's the situation. Like I read this situation at mass. We went. We went to this beautiful shrine. This kid was freaking out. This kid was throwing their cup. Yeah. This this my husband had to climb over someone literally in a wheelchair <laughs> to leave the church because the child was screaming. And then and then you just like end and you say and these are my reflections. <laughs> yes. On yes. And so it's so awesome because what just kind of like grates on me sometimes is that if reading a book that says Here was this situation. And then I did this one thing and then it was all perfect. Right. And sometimes those things are helpful. Yes. They they are helpful. But sometimes they're not because that makes me feel like, oh, well, I tried that and it didn't work for me. Right. If only I I could get my act together. Exactly. And like, I'm wrong. But what I've come to realize and what you bring out. So in a great sense of humor and just so well, is that sometimes that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And God is right there with you. That's right. And it's okay. Yep. It's okay. Yes. Yes. You were very embarrassed. Yes. And yes, that felt like a waste of time to go to mass, but God was still there. Yeah. And it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes it's like, yeah. And I think that sometimes when moms who kind of talking about that mom, who maybe had that conversion, who doesn't have an experience of family life, they would look at their situation in mass like that. And they would say, it's because because, I come from this family. And I think you and I would say. No. no way! Yeah, it's
3: yeah. That's just the way. It that's is. right. That's right.
2: For years, I didn't even. I wasn't even aware I was at mass. I would just be done with mass. I was, you know, missing an earring, and my I, my foot had been stepped on ten times. And, oh, Lord. and and I was like, yeah, I just went to mass, you know. So it, it is really hard, you know, just to just to um, sort of, uh, you know, I think we need retreats. That's actually what this book is about too. It's about just pulling back for for a few minutes. Yes. Pulling back for a few minutes and, and reassessing, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to find the answer sort of outside of myself. I need to turn inward mm-hmm. with the Lord mm-hmm. and reassess, look at my life again. Remember what matters, what dreams really matter, what, what goals we really have. Cause it's not, I'm not just going to have a band-aid solution to my, you know, feelings of insecurity or my feelings of, a fear like for the future that I won't have anything to put on a resume that I'm just going to yeah. you know, become be a 50 year old woman with nothing to do, which it was truly a fear of mine. I'm like, mm. I, I don't, cause there's, there aren't that many things that I can see myself doing. I'm not one of those people. Um, I could see myself doing maybe four, Things <laughs> you know, I could do this, this, and this. But will grandkids ever, are one of those things, will, you know, I and I that's have, a big thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you ask yourself, you know, will I ever have the opportunity? Am I going to in the future? Am I going to be able to do what I really wanted to do? Because yeah. because I'm not, I'm not building up a resume. I'm not. No one's going to take me seriously mm-hmm. because I've just raised children. Yeah. You know. But and you know, so. one thing that I
1: actually had been um, thinking about recently, there was situation. Um, there was a young mom that who contacted us, um, and who was really in need of help. She just had a baby. She was, her husband, um, is in the military. Mm -hmm. So he was gone. She was very ill. She was far away from her family. And, um, and I knew somebody who lived in the same town as them. And so I contacted that other mother and said, Hey, can you, and she was an older experienced mom. Yeah. Can you, can I try to connect them? And this older mom was like, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what it struck me? One of the reasons that she was able to do that is because she was a stay at home mom. Yeah. And she had that freedom because she didn't have a job. Yeah. She didn't have anything else to do other than serve her children and serve her community. Yeah. And I really think about that. Not that I'm saying it's wrong for mothers to work. Right. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm working right. Messy family right. project. This is my part-time job. Right. You know, right. so, and I've always had little side hustles. But I think that it's good to recognize that those women who live lives outside of the professional world where they don't get a paycheck, Mm -hmm. in many ways, for thousands and thousands of years, kind of helped keep society together. Uh, Yes. Because they were the women who did that volunteer work. Yes. They were the women who were in the schools helping, they were the women who were in the nursing homes, they were the women who were in our civic organizations, they were the women who were keeping everything beautiful and running well. And now so many organizations like that are dying out. And I think one of the reasons is that women have kind of lost that pride of place somehow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much that the world needs that can never be compensated by a paycheck. Yeah.
0: Finding out that the hand that rocks the cradle does rule the world as we continue more with The Messy Family. The full conversation is online. Go to podcastcentral at ewtnradio.net and you can not only hear this one, but also future and previous episodes. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back this week on Poco a Poco, they are starting a new series called The Fire Within and helping us to understand the power of the Holy Spirit and how that has been given to us to deepen our union with God. So we'll get more into that coming up next on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast.
4: The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central. It's like Podcast Heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Hey,
3: I'm Father Mark Mary. Hey, I'm
5: Father VT. Hey,
3: everybody. Father Angelus. Hey, brothers and sisters. I'm Father Innocent.
5: Father Angelus dropped the brothers and sisters in the homily this morning. Oh, I did. Where the sisters at?
4: Where your sisters at? It was a hey, sister
5: free zone. The the hope, anyway, if you will, for um, for this first episode, because uh, we are going to get into like some teaching parts a, a little bit, uh, and and kind of get into some of the specifics of the teachings of these great uh, mystics, these great doctors of the church on prayer. Um, but really, just to set the stage and and kind of like. Uh, a reminder and in a way that's like kind of inspiring and hopefully communicating a little bit of like kind of zeal and courage and boldness and and magnanimity. Um, Just like some reminders on prayer and the the universal call to profound uh, spiritual life and even uh, mystical life. And that it's really something that the church um, foresees for like, it's an invitation open to all of us. And so um, a, a couple of quotes maybe to begin with from, Father Dubé, and um, this is kind of how he starts the book, and this is this is kind of like the theme and a bit of where uh, the the um, the book is going to get its title, right? Uh, so the son, the radiant image of the Father's glory, proclaimed that he had come to cast a fire upon the earth, and he longed for it to burst into blaze. And I think that's the, to be honest, like that's the dream for particularly this first this first episode, just. Through kind of the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, just to for us ourselves to be cast, uh, to be lit with this fire, for for it to burst into a blaze, like a a, a real deep desire um, and hunger for the Lord, for for intimacy with Him, for prayer with Him, for union with Him, for uh, to be transformed by Him. And this is on page two of Fire Within. This is what he says. There's no there's no reason. Why people in the world should not attain to the very highest mansions of prayer growth, to the transforming union, and and he goes on, you know, talking about how like in, the church and our liturgy, Vatican II, even canon law, um, takes for granted, uh, contemplation, mystical tre- treasures, uh, an abundance of contemplation, the experience <coughs> of divine things, and a assiduous union with God in prayer. Just that this is, um, this is for all everybody, and this is something that the church imagines for everybody. And uh, and again, like this, the Lord desires to um, for us to blaze with with love for Him and to be sort of yeah, just to catch this fire, and um, for this fire which transformed the world. But it, like it begins with sort of this interior union with the Lord. So that's um, my initial comments. You guys want to jump in? I'll jump in. Um, so
3: <clears throat> I mean, we've talked about this before on this podcast that I I, I believe deeply that the source of the source of this, uh, and the church teaches that the source of this mystical life comes through baptism, right? And so someone should write a book on baptism, like on fire. Yes, Man on fire? Man on fire, fire within, born on fire. Fire, fire. What would you call it? Fire, fire, pants.
5: <laughs> liar, liar, fire. pants on fire. But fire. this is no liar, liar, pants on fire today. This no. is truth. This is truth.
3: But it comes from our baptism, right? And if you guys remember that Maricoccus quote at the, in the forward of that book, it talked about the fire of the Holy Spirit running through our veins and, and consuming us. We... Yeah, again, it's it's an image. Fire is an image, but it, it it is talking about the what we're made for. We're talking about again the 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 life of God dwelling in us, the indwelling Trinity dwelling uh, dwelling in us. And I mean, guys, that's just again, it's it's such an understatement to just say that that we have a God who who dwells in us and He's alive in us, and and this is the fire that that we've been given. Right, and so and I think it's underestimated. I think the sacraments are underestimated, but I think a part of our desire to open this book up for people is to remind people that that this this mystical life, this union with God, is given to everyone, and it's not just given to the saints. It's not just given given to, you know, religious or kind of professional religious, but we're all called um, to live this deep union with God. Right in um, Catechism twenty fourteen basically says this that this spiritual progress tends toward ever more intimate union with Christ. that this union is called mystical, because it, it participates in the mystery of Christ through the sacraments, the holy mysteries, and in him in the mysteries of the Holy Trinity. God calls us, and God calls us all to, to intimate union with him, even in the special graces, extraordinary signs of the mystical life are only granted to some, for the sake of manifesting his desire for all. Right. So we're going to look, we're actually going to talk about a lot of mystical graces people have been given and God wants to give those to us. Right. But, but the uniqueness is that God wants to, us all to live in deep, deep union with Him, Right. And another thing that Father DeBay said that kind of stirred me is on, on page one, he says this, as the experience of the centuries attest, true transformation of the world and the church continue to come about only through the interventions of men and women on fire. That is through the saints. The evidence is overwhelming. It is also widely ignored for it contains an otherworldly wisdom that this world does not welcome. Right. Um, the transformation we all long for the transformation of the world, the culture, the church, it doesn't come from like doing stuff. I mean, we have to, we have to love others in action and we have to, we have to definitely overflow, but it's first, the source of it is this first, this mystical union with God being transformed from the inside out. Right. Um, that's, I think, that's a part of the conversation we want to start off with is that, yes, the world needs to be changed, but it's changed by holiness. It's changed by, by prayer and mystical union that everyone's, we're all called to, but a lot of us, at least inclu- including myself, sometimes fail to believe or um, fail to trust that it's possible.
4: Yeah, and the interesting, I don't know if it's an adjective, blazing fire, right? Adjective? Help me out
5: here. I, I'm gonna boy. need. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> fanboy. <laughs> help me out here. I mean, blazing could be. I think is an, is. A, is that an adjective? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I think, is there? I think, okay, great. I feel like fire is at this point a noun. Fire is a Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Like, so he talks about uh, blazing fire. Casta, becoming blazing fire. Long story short, the point I'm trying to get to <laughs> is that that particular word <laughs> that modifies that other word, blazing. Isn't like small, isn't like smoldering, or it's it's blazing, like on fire. Meaning, yeah, just totally, totally given up, or totally burnt up, if you will, right? And oftentimes in our life, uh, we can tend towards mediocrity, or maybe just be like, "eh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just try to hit the mark," you know. And we're setting ourselves up for failure if that's our mentality with prayer. Like, I just want to spend some time with Jesus, you know, because. It'll be good for me. Like he wants our hearts and us to be transformed into a blazing fire, um, which is why he desired, like why he's come to the earth to cast a fire upon this world. And he he wishes that it's blazing. And so I guess the encouragement is to realize that the Lord desires to burn you in particular with his fire, with his heart, with his sacred heart. And not just to burn you, but beyond all recognition like as crazy as that sound, where people see you, and I forgot what what mystic or what uh, monk it was, but a desert father, like he became fire, right? Um, because he was so given over to prayer. Where people will say about Father Andrews, Father Innocent, Father Mark, Mary, myself, or you, like that that person's fire. You know, like they're always on fire with the Holy Spirit, or they're always on fire. There's something different about them. And much like a fire attracts people like in times to be warmed up, especially if our, our hearts are colder. Mm. That's in the same way in which the Lord obviously desires to be with us, but even more so for us to be transformed in this way, so that way we can be saints. We can be as Saint Teresa of Avila calls you know calls us to be on fire. Actually, Saint Catherine of Siena. If we truly are, we're supposed yeah. to be. We'd be on fire. But um, all they're all the saints, <laughs> they're all the saints, doctors, you know, and so nuns, and so. But the truth, once again, is that this this adjective, adverb, ad whatever it is of blazing is important. Um, and not just to kind of tend towards mediocrity, but like to really go for it. And there, like, once again, there are other things in our life that we go for that are that are noteworthy and good, but why not give into this, like a relationship with the Lord where he's able to change things for you, transform your life, transform your heart. And as Father Ennis was saying, not just for yourself, but for the for the building up of the church and for your brothers and sisters, for your families. And so, yeah, just to to really kind of I guess put a stake into this as a claim, or I'm going to make this a part of my life. Make this real. Make this something that is actually, yeah, helpful for me. So,
3: the only thing I would add to that is, um, yeah, like we we see a lot of people, meet a lot of people, um, yeah, in the work that we do, and the when we're on the road, whatever it might be, and it's interesting. Like we do meet people that are going for it. You know, we do meet people that that encourage us or or uh, challenge us to, to 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 live up to what our life demands. Right. And so there's just the reality, like the expectation is that like, well, you guys are, you religious, your CFR is like, you guys are going for, it, you guys are on fire. So we do encounter those people along the way are that are doing the same thing. But we also, I think on the other, other end, encounter a lot of people who want to, right. And so that my own experience of, of them is, is there's, there's kind of a bit, and this is the, the effect of the culture, but there's a bit of a spirit of sadness where just like, I want this, but I just don't know how to get there. I want this, but I'm caught in sin. I want this, but but my my current circumstances of life just keep me in a place where, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm I have mediocre results, and um, yeah, and so unfortunately, there's there's a lot of people out there that that just have accepted that. They're like, well, you guys do that. This that's what you're supposed to do because that's what you but CFrs do. The religious or consecrated men and women do it. A priest, you guys, that's what you guys do, and. I guess I'm just kind of condemned to this place of being a married man and, and just, you know, open up my Bible in the morning on my app. And then, you know, and then I go to work, you know, I just did it recently did a wedding and I had in my notes, just some practical encouragements. And part of it was like, try to go to mass every day. And I stopped myself in the middle of, of saying that to them. And I said, you know what, like I, I cut that back because you guys are in, you guys are getting married and you have to go to work. And I was like, don't you want to go to mass every day? Like this is in real time, 250 people there. Don't you want to go to mass every day? Don't you want to like lean into the reality of of receiving Jesus every day and then their eyes lit up. But this is, this is what we're fighting. We kind of just accept like the world's terms when it comes to like, this is what it means to follow the Lord. This is what it means to follow Christ. And there's a spirit that matches that, which is just kind of like, oh, that's a bit of a bummer because this, this is not the lives of the saints. This is not the lights of, of, of centuries before us, both men and women who are consecrated and priests, but also laymen and women who radically have given themselves to the Lord and radically desire holiness and mystical union, right? That's in the church, the reality of that. And so I guess the only thing I would add is just that we have to fight and we just have to acknowledge that any sort of acceptance that I've agreed with, any sort of reality that just like, oh, I guess this is what it means to live in the world and follow the Lord. Because I, I think this book is gonna make all of us a little bit uncomfortable, That, that is this, if this is true, what does that mean for my life? If this is true, what does that mean for what I need to start to agree with and and believe about myself, that holiness and mystical union and fire inside and out is what I'm called to. I mean, just think about the ramifications of that in in the midst of not being sad anymore and not just, just like, oh, I guess this getting rid of that attitude of like, oh, I guess this is just the way it is, you know? And so Dubé does an amazing job. And even the the quotes that we just read, like, wow, what if, what if that was true? And what would that mean for us?
5: Mm-hmm. And I think this is this is that's a great kind of you put it on a tee for me with um, a few other lines here from from Father Dubay, right? And in um, this again, I, I believe this this book is a book on advanced prayer, is, is in his own words, and this series is going to be that. And this is what he says: a book on advanced prayer is a book on advanced joy. It's a love story, a book about being loved and loving totally. It is a book on holiness, the heights of holiness to which the gospel invites us. And so that's like this um this conversation, right? It is this in which we're trying to ourselves again be uh, sort of be set of on fire anew and to um to communicate this to our listeners. Uh it's about mystical prayer and it's about deep union with God. It's all but also like a fruit of it is 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 you know advanced what he says here is like a book on advanced prayer is a book on advanced joy and so it's a series on like on profound joy as well and and uh and that this this union and this intimacy and that is the medicine to kind of the blah and and medicine to uh kind of the i don't know what else i don't know what other word just to, to call it but just kind of like a a little bit of a the sadness that comes with like a resignation mm-hmm. or or the from from giving up hope and from giving up kind of a like a, a bold bold desires um and uh and and then the second right is um with what like father p t said and again this is like we're just father debate is just a stud um he's also deceased just so everyone knows father he, he's passed away but um it's like it's just it's an invitation to, like away from mediocrity and and it's and it's a, it's an invitation to a wholehearted and total uh response to Jesus's wholehearted and total gift of himself to us and um and you know it's a work of it's a it's a work of God's work of grace but it also it, there, there's also like a yes from us involved like okay you know what I'm just tired of just kind of checking the box I'm tired of doing the bare minimum I'm tired of just the kind of the The worldly kind of daily grind and like i want to like again with with the lord's help i want to respond um with everything with everything and this this he has this i I don't have it here but he's this like killer line basically about like how you have to sometimes like if you're you know balance things going too hard this way too hard that way but he's like but for mediocre people you don't have to balance anything because you're just not really doing anything um (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of what he says but again this is he i've come i've come to cast fire upon the earth and how i would that were already blazing um, the radiant image of the Father's glory has come to light a fire in us, a burning love, a consuming yearning. There is nothing lukewarm about the God of Revelation, right? There's nothing lukewarm. There's nothing mediocre about the God of Revelation. Mm. Always radical and total. Never does he reduce what he expects of us to fractions. Our communion with him is to become a blazing fire, a perpetual ecstasy. Um. These words will sound strange and exaggerated only to those who have not Tasted that the Lord is good, they may have studied and read, but they have not drunk deeply. He's just such a he's such a dude. He's such <laughs> just like that's just like a hard line. It's like it's like if this if this if this doesn't resonate or sound sort of weird, it's it's, it's just because it's like you haven't tasted the Lord in His goodness, you haven't drunk deeply of Him. Um, that's Father Dubay there, and so I think yeah, again, it's just it's just um, it's just and and I think we got to go for it. I think we got to go for it, and it's like hey, like let's lukewarmness mediocrity, like let's let's leave those things behind and let's um let's like set out on this new journey towards giving the Lord everything
3: I love that line that, that there's nothing lukewarm about the the god of revelation so you think of Jesus and you think we're made in you know we're made in his image and likeness so god God gives himself completely and fully in the in the fire of the incarnation Jesus gives himself like to us fully like he does not hold anything back and obviously the the grace of and the fullness of the passion, death, and resurrection, like Jesus gives me and gives you personally everything, the like the fullness of the fire of God, right? And we're made as an image and likeness, so we can give fully back, right? And again, it's it's it, on this on this side of heaven, yeah. we have our limitations, but but that's what the gospel is. The gospel invites us to fullness, like when Jesus says, "Give up everything and follow me," that it's so you can receive this fire, right? Dubé talks about that. It's it's we're 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 pr- proposing the gospel. We're proposing the fullness of the gospel, or this is advanced prayer is no other invitation. That's like some secret formula. What Debay and the Carmelites <laughs> do so well is they propose the gospel. They propose dying and dying to yourself, dying to your, the, like the small mediocre, mediocre, uh, pleasures. They, they propose like this sacrificial generosity to let everything go so that God can come fill us. Like it's, it's the gospel. It's everything is in the gospel. Jesus says everything. Right. And so, I, I think again, I, I just think it it it's so appropriate and I, and I love the fact where we're talking about advanced prayer because it's not again, it's not some CFR formula that we or some Carmelite formula that we kind of just found and like, oh, here's the answer. it's it's taking Jesus at His word. Jesus came to cast fire. He came to give us his heart, that is fire. He his love, his his own life. He lives inside of us because of this baptism and the sacraments. Um the Eucharist is fire. Like the, I mean the Saints talk about it. every time I receive the Eucharist, you are receiving the fire of God. Right. And if we can clear this space and 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 empty ourselves and let go, you you become this. Right. And so I just love the fact that the proposal is everything the fullness of the gospel. It's the proposal of the fullness of the sacraments, the fullness of being like alive in the church. Like this is this is it. But I think we're just gonna go deeper.
4: And the truth is, as we mentioned, it's difficult, right? Um if it wasn't so difficult, we'd be doing it. <laughs> and uh, and it's, I think it's helpful just to say that, uh, just to understand your own heart um, and maybe just to come to recognize like, oh my gosh, like there is fear here, like of not knowing what a life totally given over to our Lord looks like specifically in my walk of life or my way in my vocation. Because I think oftentimes the evil one might whisper like, hey, but if, if you kind of give God permission for these things, then like all those other things you like, they're going to have to go. Which is not true. Um, he knows our deepest desires, He knows what what we want, but even more so, he knows what's best for us. And so just to trust. Um, and just remember St. John says in the letter the first letter, like perfect love casts out all fear. And I think sometimes we, we fall into this this trap of thinking perfect love means like without mistake, and it's not, it's like the fullness of love. If' I'm, like, if I'm loving fully, or as you mentioned, Father innocent generously, then it's gonna cast out all fear because I know my heart, I could stake my heart on the one who generously gives to me. Like I know I can find mm. what I'm looking for in the one who's given everything to me. And it's cool because he just Dubay talks, so sorry. Father Dubay, how are we gonna do this? By we the way, do one? <laughs> okay, Dubé. it's a guy. Guy, poor guy passed away. I don't wanna be like, hey, Dubay this, Dubay that. But anyway, Father Thomas Dubé <laughs> says, one of the many things I've learned in this is that advanced infused prayer. Is well and thriving among those who live the gospel with entire generosity, right? Like with entire generosity, not partial generosity, because like what does that even mean partial generosity? But they live the gospel with entire generosity. And so that means where, okay, <laughs> is there a part in my heart that I've identified maybe that I haven't given like the Lord full permission, or I just have been generous? And we we all know this for ourselves, whether it be religious, married, um, single. Where like, I'm just going to hold that corner of my heart. And once again, if this fire that is love, which is God, desires to burn bright in our heart and to burn those things away, we're going to have to give him permission. And maybe the way in which we cast cast before him those fears that we have is by, all right, Lord, I'm kind of afraid of these things, but I'm going to be generous in this area um, and give you permission to kind of speak into that. And I'm going to kind of step out in this way. And not that we're like holding these before God for him to give us something, but just so we can encounter a heart once again, that's burning and in love with us so that way we can in turn be consumed by that and living the, the gospel generously, whatever way that looks, you know, like, and trust that obviously the Lord has revealed it to you already in the sense of you're living your vocation and living it fully with him. But once again, this is possible. Basically is what I'm trying to say. This is possible for all of us. And And if there is fear, just to bring that before the Lord and to say that, okay, I don't want that to be the thing in which keeps us <coughs> from going deeper, Lord, but I want to be totally yours uh, in this way.
3: I'm reminded of a line that, uh, I wanna say John Paul II, but it's probably a bunch of people who wrote Vita Consecrata, which is a document on religious life, and in reference to like baptism and being a disciple of the Lord, they have that that beautiful line of that references like two certainties. When we live this way, we're too certain of two things, that I'm infinitely loved and capable of loving without limits. And I think this speaks to the fire we're talking about. And it's just not for consecrated people, but the gift of baptism, right? So Christians, disciples, people who follow the Lord, we we can live in this radical space being infinitely loved. We know that we're infinitely loved. And because of that, this response is is a radical being able to love without limits. It's not just saying I'm loved and I can love. It adds these amazing like words that I'm infinitely loved. So I I realize that and experience that and I'm capable of loving without limits, (laughs) right? I I feel like that quote works like precisely in this spirit of like, we're going for it. But it, we're, we're going for it in the midst of this fire, with inside of me, no allows me to experience the gospel love, like of being radically loved by the Trinity, right? And then what did that? What does that mean? Is that then I'm able to love beyond what I'm what I'm capable of or what I what I can can experience, right? Because I think again, a little people people like, well, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I well, in this space, in this tension, in this dance we do in the mystical life, and the fruitfulness of our life, we experience these two things. So those two certainties, and I'm also just. Another way to a different way to just to say the the same thing. It's on page six. No one can attain an ecstatic joy in God without giving up paltry, self-centered pleasures in, in things less than God, right? And so this is the I recently just uh I forget I was I think I was it was me and Brother Angelo talking talking about something, but we we brought up the mansions because we were both just talking about this. Like I think all of us. Yeah, well, like how do we get stuck, right? We get stuck in, in, in what we're used to, in prayer we're used to, in experiences we're used to. And so what does it mean to, to keep moving? What does it mean for the Lord to allow us to keep moving? And Brother Angelo just had, we, we just had what we were wrestling with in the midst of that conversation, I think comes up a bit later when you talk about the mansions. But when you proceed in the spiritual life, it's the world that gets in the way. It's the world that keeps you stuck because our hearts are divided, like Father PT just said and so i think and this is where we have a lot of mercy and a lot of like we know it's hard we we know it's difficult we know the world's a tough place to live but the the challenge is, is it's the world is at the heart of our obstacles worldliness consume being consumed by the world having having my interest and my fascination with worldly things more important than my experience of God or my desire to be with God, right? So in my own life, it's, it's this creeping in of being more concerned about what's happening on the news or being even Catholic stuff, right? Being more concerned about like, hey, I wonder what's going on today. Or hey, I, what, what if I just looked at this up real faster? I'm, I'm fascinated with other things. And that actually keeps me, Trez will say later, moving between the mansions. Like how do, I, how do I have what we also would call breakthrough? Like I need a breakthrough from one experience of my contemplative life to the next. And it's gonna be this attachment and, and these obstacles that we find in the world. And we just have to be like sober about that. Like worldly things pull me down, right? My, my interest and my fascination of the worldly things keep me distracted from, from, these, from these places. And so we, what we're looking for, all of us, wherever we're at is breakthrough. I wanna keep going. I want to keep growing. I want to keep maturing in the spiritual life. And I want to receive and experience this fire in this mystical union. It's going to be the world that gets us. Yeah. And I think the world is not neutral. Like we we have to stop thinking that like, I think what's, what's so, I mean, yeah, it's just so challenging to me that like, if we want to go to deeper prayer, we're going to talk about the mansions later in later episodes, but at the heart of the, of, of, of our life and the heart, like the heart of. Like all the mansions is mystical union with the living God, and there, and we move, and we, and we're we're drawn deeper. But the world again is the distraction, distracting part of that. But it's not the world's not neutral. It's actually not a safe place, and that's why Christians are called to we're 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 called to live in this world, but not of this world. We're we're called to actually that this is the mystical reality that I'm actually living more in relationship with God and his presence rather than the world's presence. Now that can be really controversial and provocative because we have to be here. And, and like, we, we can receive gifts of the world. And, and it's good. It's a good place. God's creation is good. You know, the, the experience beauty. of life is good. People are good, all of that. But I think at this, like to your point, Father, and, it's, and at this point in time, it's hard to, to think that it's neutral. Yeah. Like, it's those, funny. I'm just laughing. Cause we're, we're talk, talking back and forth, but people, if you don't see us, people don't think it's just one person. Um, so I just want to throw that out there that I don't think th- the world as we know it, I don't think it's neutral and it does. It's it, we have to stop pretending that when I have my Netflix or have my, I'm scrolling or all these different things, brothers and sisters, these have an effect on us and our capacity to receive God. Absolutely. Like our capacity, like silence is absolutely essential for receiving God. And this world is antithetical and does like, is, is an, it's the, like there's an enemy to silence interior stillness like recognizing the what the voice of god sounds like and the movements of god in my heart sound like and there are there are so many enemies to that and we just have to pretend that like we or excuse me we have to stop pretending that the world is 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 kind of safe for those places right and i think that's i I, when they're writing this book like many many years like decades ago um or hundreds of years ago like this old book. This old book. Sorry, like, it was, okay. or I'm sorry, <laughs> Teresa and John. They <laughs> lived a long time ago. Um, I they lived in a different culture, and so we, when when Therese and John are writing these things, they're they're assuming a, a Christian culture and the things that we just don't have. So we have to like be more on board or go more all in. And I think debate gets at that, but it's just a different world we live in, and it's 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 um it's dangerous. I mean, I know it's provocative, but if
4: I could just. One last thing on meta world peace the uh <laughs> the the gospel well today, but in particular right Jesus talks about conquering the world uh he says, beginning yet I am not alone for the fathers with me. I have said this so that so that in me you may have peace in the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. <laughs> anyway interesting translation but but be joyful <laughs> i have overcome the world um so like in the world we'll have tribulation and obviously he's talking about like the physical world here but i think also too like if our hearts are set in the world we're going to have trouble we're going to be just not in the place where we should be uh but just as he's trying to point out the disciples at this point is right before the last supper the disciples are going to leave jesus and he says but i'm not alone because the father's always with me and to say that if we stay in that place that Dubé talks about, which is the Father's glory, the Father's glory has come to light a fire in us, a burning love. If we stay to present to that Father's glory, then the fire is gonna blaze up within us and then we can realize, okay, Like, Jesus has overcome the world, Mm -hmm. and I can be joyful.
0: Helping us to deepen our union with God, that is Poco a Poco. And if you want to hear the full conversation or previous or future episodes, just check out Podcast Central at EWTNradio.net. I'm Ace McCain, wrapping things up. Continue to have an amazing summer. Apply that SPF as often as possible, and remember to let God define who you are. I'll see you back next week with Catholics Coast to Coast.